is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Guys, I got a question for you. Do you think Chase Claypool's a diva? Do you want me to answer now? I do want you guys to answer now. What do you think? I'm just asking questions to the wind. I thought it was rhetorical. No, it's not rhetorical. Do I think or it's is that the pro- answer to the question? Do I think it's as problematic as Labs does? No, but is he still a diva? Sure. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Jacob. And this is the Steelers stand-up. That was Jacob Breck, Kellen Gursky, and Tom Opperman with you here on another episode. Chase Claypool was making waves earlier this week as Bob Labriola from Steelers.com said the following as part of his Steelers by position look at the wide receivers. If there was a negative, it was that it seemed as though Claypool's diva quotient increased consistently over the course of his rookie season. Whether that turns into a problem or comes to be viewed in the future as growing pains will develop over time. So I think the interesting part about this and why it's so newsworthy is the fact that the source is Steelers.com. Nothing gets on Steelers.com that the Steelers themselves don't want to get on Steelers.com. So from top to bottom, from Tomlin to the man, Art Rooney himself, they are not happy with the way that things have been going off the field clearly with the Steelers, and they are not happy with how they see another potential problem developing in Chase Claypool, or else that would have never made it to the website, as well, far as I'm concerned. I mean, you wouldn't think so, right? I mean, I don't know if if uh, if Labs has to clear anything that he writes with anybody or whatever. I'm going to assume probably not, but I don't know that for certain. Um, but I do think that, there is something to what was said. I mean, look, Claypool was a rookie, and and we all understand that he's still a kid and all that sort of stuff, and I get that. But I think the bigger part of this, and it's something that has kind of been talked about on this show, on our Steelers Saturday show, was that you kind of wonder if Juju um, has was rubbed off the wrong way by AB, a- right? You, you think about all the things that Antonio Brown was able to Right. Um, kind a domino of, effect, if you will. Yeah, kind of yeah. get away with that That AB got away with. It's like anything, mm-hmm. right? It's like any line of work. There are certain people that are allowed to get away with certain things. There, there's a different set of rules for different sets of people. Um, that's just how the world works. Like, you know, if it's the, the best player in the world, he's going to be able to get away with more than the 53rd guy on your sure. roster. Um, and I think that was the situation that the Steelers found themselves in with Antonio Brown. And then it kind of had a domino effect, like you alluded to, Jacob, on um, on Juju Smith-Schuster, because I'm not saying this that I know that Juju thought this way, but he's probably looking at that situation saying, well, if A.B. can get away with this when he's gone, I'm the number one. What can I get away with? And I, I just wonder if there's a domino effect even more now to Claypool. And I'm not saying that Claypool is necessarily a diva, but... I will say there are some things that kind of raised my eyebrows, especially after the season was over. You think back to what he said about the Browns. Oh, they're going to get clapped next week. It doesn't matter. Who cares? We lost. Like, mm-hmm. that's just not a good look, dude. Like, I understand that, yeah, there's nothing you can do. You lost. And, like, you probably want to see the Browns lose because they beat you. But at the same time, there's just, I don't know, there's just a trend that I think needs to be nipped in the butt. And I just wonder... You know, like you said, Tom, is there something, you know, do the Steelers want that out there? Or is it, of course they do. You know, like yes. it just, I don't know, man. Like I just this wonder. Is why teams have websites. 
yeah. to have to be mouthpieces for you know what to be they able really think. Yeah. to be able to say things that necessarily Art Rooney and Mike Tomlin wouldn't explicitly say, say it with their name attached. Right, to it. Exactly. exactly. I think whatever everything that Callen said was right, and additionally in the if going into the heads of Juju and Claypool, everything Callen said, I'm sure they were thinking of, and I think also too they were probably thinking there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing with how I'm holding myself to a to my own standard and how I am going on TikTok or going on Instagram and saying yes, you know, we should have we should have crushed the Browns even after the fact even after you lost. Why are you saying that? I I don't know, but in their I believe in their heads there was nothing wrong with how they carried themselves and yeah, that's got to be a reason why the Steelers were okay with Bob Labriola saying this was an issue for Claypool, despite his production, it was overshadowed by a continuing persona of diva wide receivers. Clearly they recognize, yes, that the off-field distractions are contributing to negative results on the field, and they want them to stop that immediately when you send a message like this. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, I think, is a for-sure candidate to be gone after hearing some of these words from labs's uh story and just when you think about getting rid of these off-field distractions juju is really the one that comes to your mind first and foremost i mean before anybody else uh and claypool even said the biggest thing he learned from juju yeah this season was about branding on social media which just makes me want to puke that's got to be like terrible. one of the toughest punches to the gut that we've felt all year in yeah, addition that's... to the 11 and 0 the rookie wide receiver learned nothing more than how to brand himself yeah and that's just bad branding right there is saying something like that right. you got to be more <laughs> self-aware than that for your own brand man. if juju was really that good of a teacher claypool would have said t- something on you field never related. call attention to the brand that's, right that's a big part of the brand and Claypool failed that miserably, and it's just is a big yikes cringe moment for sure. It is. I mean, all of this, you know, all of this is very. All cringe. of this is kind of cringe. They're like, a very cringe team right now. When you they, think about yeah, it. yeah. I, I mean, and it stems back it to it stem. It stems back to like the season, and, and we, you know, when when uh, Claypool was on TikTok, or when Juju originally was on TikTok dancing on logos and things like that. Tom, actually, all three of us made the point over on our Steelers Saturday show that look. It's okay to to have fun and build your brand. Like we're three, you know, middle 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 twenty year olds, right? We're you know, we understand that that sort of thing is is important, and you need to build your own brand. And there has to be a life off after football for these guys. And I completely get that. Um, I understand that, but there also comes a point too where it becomes detrimental to your team. And you know, at the end of the day, do I really care if if every NFL player has a TikTok or or not? No. What what I do care about is when it becomes detrimental to the team, and I think it all started this year with, with what Juju was doing on TikTok, dancing on logos and things like that. Um, because look, as small as it might be, and as much as the average person might not look at that and say, "Ah, that doesn't impact the game," it doesn't impact what's happening on the field. It does because it gives the other team just a little bit of extra motivation. And let's look at, you know, look at the games of Steelers a lot. You know, you lose to the, the Bengals, <laughs> you know. I mean, that's – there you go. Why did they lose to the Bengals? Why did they lose to the Bengals? Well, they didn't play well, for Seriously. one. And for two – Why? Ryan Finley beat you. That's for, all you have to say. And for you two, I mean, you gave them bulletin board material. And I know that doesn't sound like that's all that important, but it is that important because athletes – you know, when something gets underneath an athlete's skin, and especially a professional athlete's skin – 
Like, if they have a chance to make you pay for that, they're going to do it. And I think that's a prime example of what happened with the Steelers this year. And it's something that I'm sure the Steelers as a whole, the Steelers fans, we is, you know, just watching it in general. Um, it's something you need to stop. You, you need to stop giving your opponents extra motivation. You need to stop giving your opponents this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what goes to this whole thing about calling Claypool a diva is that, you know, there might be some tendencies that he might give opponents extra fuel to the fire, you know? So I don't know. I mean, there's already extra fuel to the fire with the Browns because of what Claypool said at the end of the season anyway. So it's just, it's a very, I don't know. I never thought we'd be talking about TikTok and social media and how it impacts a football game and a football team, but here we are. I like that you brought up that we are all 20-something-year-olds here on this show, and we understand not just what it means to want to build your brand, but we know that mid-20-year-olds or 20-something-year-olds like Juju and like Claypool, the appeal that TikTok brings to them, it's not, you, you can forget about what it does for their influence and whatever, but as younger kids, they're going to be attracted to those social media platforms because that's the generation they grew up in. The problem with it is you don't hear any other team talking about these off-the-field issues with their big-time players, with their positional star players. No other team has had a guy like Juju, as as Callan said, provide the extra motivation, provide the extra fuel or kick that a team needs to want to beat the Steelers or want to beat their own team because no other team is dealing with not one but two guys more concerned about what they can do off the field rather than on. And I'm not talking about Walter Payton man of the year type of off-field content. This is this is just this is selfish content that they're doing and it's not right and it's frustrating that yes, it's a prevalent social media feature or app, but the only team that's really suffering because of it is the Steelers. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, when it becomes a detriment to your team, Uh regardless of whether it's warranted or it's just the media talking about it, like, this isn't just a Pittsburgh thing now. Like, there are people talking all over the country, and when it was going on, it was a national story. That's what I mean when I say it's detrimental to the team. You don't need any more outside noise already on your back. And I'm seeing this a lot on Twitter as of today, like, people tweeting that, that, you know, that Heinz Ward did some questionable things in his career and questioning his quarterback's desire to play through concussions. And, 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 you know, and people say, oh, he's sainted in this town. And apparently, you know, and people are comparing these two to Juju and Claypool, I mean, to A.B. and Heinz Ward. But here's the thing. A.B. and Heinz Ward are, have a, a longer career and have a much better career than Juju and Claypool. That goes back to my original point of, look, like, there are certain, there are certain sets of rules for certain people. Like, that's just how it works. But, again, um, you could say all that stuff about Heinz Ward and A.B., but let's be honest here. Juju and Claypool, at least at this point in their careers, aren't Heinz Ward and in, in, uh, in A.B. No, they're not. And Juju's going to be gone. Right. He's going to so, walk. There you so go. now you turn the receiving room over to a guy who had the diva quotient increase wildly as the season went on, as Labs alluded to, and then a guy who suffered from the drops pretty badly last year Mm -hmm. uh, in Labs' Steelers-by-position look at the wide receivers, which you can read at the same place you can listen to this podcast, Steelers.com. He went on to say that youthfulness at wide receiver can be viewed as an asset, but it can also be synonymous with immaturity. So you're trying to get this renaissance as far as the maturity level of this team is concerned 
and the position that just across the board in the NFL has had a tendency to develop divas is the wide receiver position. You're asking a lot of youthful players to have a lot of success and then not have that success go to their heads. That's a pretty tall ask. And you're handing the keys over to Claypool or Deontay Johnson. Those are two guys that were pretty close to a thousand yard seasons last year. Deontay had 923 yards. Claypool had 873 yards. So Knocking on the door of those 1,000-yard marks for both of those guys, they're going to be battling for who's that number one receiver for the Steelers next year, and mm. they've got a lot on their plate, and you just have to hope that if the success comes, that they can both keep their head on straight. And Claypool is someone <laughs> that doesn't look like he'd be able to handle that already, where Johnson hasn't shown really any red flags at all so far. He just can't catch the ball. <laughs> right. I mean, pretty important. That's an on the field and on the field issue, not any distractions from off. The that field. is the one. That's right. Yeah. That's the one thing about Deontay. Like, remember least... in that Bengals pregame too, he was, while they were TikToking, he was catching a lot of exactly. passes and exactly. a lot of head coaches throwing him in the dirt up high. Yep. So he can try some shoestring catches and just work on the hands. At least and then he dropped the pass. Yeah. In the game, I mean, at least still, when at you least he was at, working on it, at right. least when you look at Deontay, his, problem stems on the field and it's something that you know what i mean like it, at least it's happening on the field and it's not like a mental mistake or it's anything. something that he can practice right physically to improve on not right. just oh i can't put my phone down i can't not make a tiktok and i'm glad you mentioned heinz ward too because it leads to another thing where there's no veteran presence in no, the locker not. room and juju was a de facto veteran last year when <laughs> barely Amy leaves and yeah. look at what that got you he was teaching them how to brand instead of how to play football and how to right. be a pittsburgh Steeler. and you haven't had a really strong veteran presence at that wide receiver position and now it's on one of these two young guys to really try to take the first steps towards taking up that mantle and building up some credibility at the position on this team. And maybe four or five years down the road, you can be the veteran guy who's getting the big paychecks and sliding into that number one receiver role for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But it's got to start this year for one of these two guys. Yeah. I mean, it does. And I don't know. It's just, I just wonder where that, like you said, like where the leadership is going to come from, you know, and, 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 you know, you could say, oh, where's it going to come from? You James mean, Washington, I think who's third only, on the depth chart? I, I think mean, the only guy can come from is Ben. I think Ben. But it's really his last has, year, and too, he's not you a, know? And like, I'm talking about in the room, positionally, like Heinz Ward. Positionally, I don't think there's anyone that's Even A.B. was a leader by example when he was in that room. Of course, he probably wasn't the best leader vocally or no, but by work in the film ethic. room, but by showing you how hard he worked right. and the film that he was putting up there that the coaches were breaking down was just a master class at how to play the position. Leading yeah, by example. No one on this team can lead by example or by Heinz Ward's style of vocally leading. I think James Washington is the oldest of the That's group. That's what I'm saying. He's third on the depth chart. Though. And even when, I mean, James Washington was older than Juju while they were both here, but it, it still went to Juju because he was here on the team for one extra year. But I don't I don't know if you're gonna see a leader come out of this group, out of this wide receiver room, but and and that comes from the the problem that we've talked about and identified multiple times, saying who is the number one wide receiver, not even just the leader, because not always does a leader have to be the number one target, but we don't have a leader, we don't have a number one guy. It's a really kind of quagmire of a of a wide receiver room we have right well now. the potential's through the roof yeah. and it's got a chance to be super cost effective if they all can reach their potential because all of the contributors will be still on their rookie deals right. they're not going to cost you any money whatsoever mm -hmm. so you could get the most bang for your buck at this position group and 
you're talking about that number one receiver that we talk about like crazy Jacob and Claypool has the build and the talent to be the legit number one wide receiver in the NFL, but it really just might come down to his focus and his commitment and not his talent, which is just very unfortunate. If we could just get into a lab and kind of put Deontay Johnson's work ethic from what we've seen so far into Chase Claypool's talent and build, I mean, we might have ourselves an absolute top five wide receiver on our hands here. But those guys both have top five potential in their own way. It's just Claypool has the skills that would probably make that more easily attainable for him to achieve that potential. Or from someone sitting in my perspective, Claypool's a guy that I would bet on over Deontay Johnson. Yeah. AB was a guy that a lot of people made bets over too, and look how that turned out. I'm just saying the safe play would be, yeah, this guy's six foot four. He looks like a wide receiver. That's going to be number one on your roster. And the the thing about this, this conversation too, is like, it doesn't say anything about Claypool's ability on the field. It doesn't take away from the fact that, you know, he was really good last year. And the reason that I think, you know, he kind of took a step back was because was because of the Steelers and them uh, taking away some snaps from him down the stretch. And, they were worried that he was going to hit a wall, but at least let him hit that wall first. Um, but this conversation doesn't take away from his athletic ability and the the type of player that he can be because, you know, if he gets his head on straight, heck, even if he doesn't get his head on straight, I mean, look at A.B. Sure. Um, he has the potential to be a really, really good wide receiver in this league. And like you said, Tom, I mean, if you look at just his build alone and his athletic ability could be, you know, a top 10, top five receiver in this league just based on that. But again, this conversation doesn't take away from that. But yes, one of those two being Claypool or or Deontay Johnson, um, you know, I think both of them have the ability, but at least the upside in Deontay is, is that we haven't seen any off the field problems or off the field distractions. And when, when you talk about Claypool, that's kind of all it is, is other than obviously one good year of football, it's been a lot of off-the-field distraction in just one year with the team. Looking to the other two guys in the room, James Washington and Deontay Johnson, you kind of think when you consider who they are, you kind of think the leader has to be Claypool because these guys, I mean, yes, they both have good work ethic, but it's not to the point where it's the leader setting the example saying, I am always work like A.B. did, even though mentally he may not have done the best for Juju and others, but his work ethic was unmatched and sure these guys do have good work work ethics but i think they're too outspoken they're just not loud enough they're not they're not that they don't have that leadership type quality hopefully i'm wrong but i just haven't seen anything where they've kind of stepped up to the plate to say you know in a in a loss or maybe in a, in one of those bad wins against uh, Jacksonville or Cincinnati early on or the Baltimore against the JV team where it was a win, but it was a lot closer of a game than it should have been, and some drops were prevalent. Uh, you haven't seen either of these guys say, this one's on me. You know, I understand some something else went wrong in, in other places by other guys, but you got to look to me. I mean, this is this is my room. This is my group of guys, and I wasn't there for them to kind of show them what to do in order to pick themselves up if they kind of got bogged down by mentally by the amount of drops they have. I haven't seen that out of any of these three guys. Granted, Claypool was the rookie, but now that he's not, I mean, you kind of got to say that 
Chase, you are physically gifted. You have shown your on-field capabilities, and you are the most outspoken guy in this room. I think it has to be him because the other two are just a little too too quiet to be in that leadership role. Well, leadership aside, one of these guys really does need to make that next step on the field and have some D coordinators across the league lose some sleep at night when it's the Saturday before they have to go up against the Pittsburgh Steelers offense because that is sorely needed if they're going to have success in 2021. But the wide receivers aren't the only ones that were catching passes and doing some talking in 2020 because Eric Ebron likes to run his mouth with the best of them as well. And honestly, that previous statement I made, he doesn't really catch many passes now that I think about it either. So a lot of problems with the drops with Eric Ebron in 2020, and he was a little bit of a distraction as well. Uh, Not a guarantee that he would be cut and he's gone like Juju is, but I'm sure that the similar message that was sent to Claypool with Bob Labriola could go for Eric Ebron as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair, and I think – uh, we've talked about that on this show. And if the Steelers were, um, you know, a little bit more equipped at the tight end position, I think Ebron, you know, maybe would be cut. Um, because I, I think you still have some leverage over you him. Do. You could be like, hey, yeah. we could save like $6 million if we cut you. So I would listen to what we're trying to say right now. Get the memo. Yeah. A little less talky-talky, a little more touchdown, okay? Yeah. I mean, Catch I hear the you. ball. I hear you. And I think that there's something to that. And at least, at least with Ebron, he's you know not on social media giving other teams the fuel to the fire. At least he's doing it more in you know in a in a interview setting and things like like with the media in the locker room. But um, but you're right. I mean, if if the Steelers were a little bit better at tight end, it might be a conversation, um, you know, a bigger conversation and, and something to look at. But um, you know, with Ebron, I think he does fall into that category too of kind of just shut up and play. I mean, just just go out and play football. Um, you know, and I said this a lot last year um, during the season, it's either put up or shut up. And I think for a lot of these guys, you can look at them and, and say really to a lot of them, especially on the offensive side and the, the skill positions, it is put up or shut up. Yeah, and we can talk a little bit about the Hunter Henry uh, release by the Chargers if you guys want to, kind of as a – yeah, we can save $6 million if we cut you, and we can use that to go out and get another guy who we think is possibly more He's talented. He's more expensive, though. Sure, sure he is, but it's something that, that can definitely fuel a fire within Ebron, and you want to talk about leaders who are outspoken. Eric Ebron is, is case in point right there. I don't know if— He's outspoken. I don't know if he's— Really but I'm, I'm just saying who, who has part of that. I, I know that. But if you're talking, if you if you're looking for a guy to kind of get <sighs> vocal it's and, just and lead the team, we're and, talking and about lead guys the who've been here for two years, three years. You know what I mean? That's the problem. I mean, that's tough. the problem that this team faces. It's, it's 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 younger on the offensive side of the of the football, but other than the quarterback, of course, other than the quarterback, that's that's a given. He's but a fossil compared to the other people. Right. I think I just saw, too, with his 18th year spent in Pittsburgh, he'll be the longest tenured quarterback to play for any team in his entire career. To, sp- to play his whole career with just one team, 18 years. But, yeah, of course, Ben is the outlier when it comes to the prevalency of youth on the offensive side of the football. But that's kind of what you have to deal with as a team that has that issue. you got to just say, we can't go without a leader. we got to have someone step up to the plate. I don't know if I would like it to be Eric Ebron, but there's definitely a possibility of him coming back. And if that happens, 
I mean, he is the oldest guy when it comes to the positional players of tight end, wide receiver, and running back. So you would think maybe with his veteran longevity in the league, he it may have to be him despite his tendencies to act similar to Juju. It's just when you're looking at things from the Steelers' perspective, that has just been nothing but a disappointment so far, the Eric Ebron deal. And there was so much excitement whenever they signed Eric Ebron a couple off seasons ago because it was an, a signing that you thought the Steelers would go out and make. I mean, he was the Hunter Henry of that free agent class back when. I mean, maybe not the top guy, but he was up there as far as names in the position were concerned. And, I mean, he fetched a good chunk of money from the Pittsburgh Steelers to come in on this deal, and he just did not live up to the potential last year. He showed you the flashes that really got him in Pittsburgh and made him an attractive tight end option on the market. But the Steelers had to have been hoping that he would turn those flashes into some more consistent play. And he simply just did not for the Steelers. Um, Again, you bring him back. It's not the end of the world because of course there is the excitement that you saw in 2020 that he could bring to the table, being a big target, being an athletic tight end. Uh, really can create mismatches against that defense, but you just can't really trust him to be a guy you can feed nine, ten times a game when you really have to because he's going to drop three or four of those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hear you. I Mike off, of course. Um, but I just I look at it at Ebron, and I just wonder if you know if 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 the distraction or not distraction, but if his off the field stuff and him being a more of a talker like we've we've talked about um i i just i just wonder if he would stop that if the criticism would be as high and there is credence to what you're saying don't get me wrong like i, I get that it's been a disappointment from an on the field perspective but if he wasn't the guy that he is off the field would we have the same negative feeling and, and i'm not saying that he's a bust or anything like that because he is productive and I think he's a guy that Ben will enjoy having back next year, and I think he can um, be, you know, a, a presence in the red zone and catch touchdowns. But I, I just wonder too if if he wasn't as big of um, a loudmouth, so to speak. I just wonder if we would have the same uh, feeling about him. And I think the answer is probably no. But then again, he definitely hasn't lived up to what we thought we were getting um, on the field. I, I think that's fair, Tom. No question. You have nothing to add there, Jacob? Nope. Nothing more on the Eric Ebron I think, front? I think we've hit the nail on the head pretty much for him, for Juju, for No, Claypool. I want an Ebron take from you before we wrap this up. Is Eric Ebron a leader? No. Is he kind of the de facto eldest leader that the Steelers are left <laughs> with? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what a just terrible state that the Steelers have from a leadership perspective. Ugh. A lot falls on Ben's shoulders, and I just don't know if he can take that much. And I don't know if he's going to want to take that on in I his last season, right? Last year. No, I mean, I don't think Ben's ever been that guy. But the bigger thing now is, is he even going to be that guy in his last year of football? No, probably not. You think back to like what Troy Polamalu said he, uh, when his last year in Pittsburgh, he felt like he was babysitting a lot of the time. I'm sure Ben doesn't want to do that in his last year of football. Yeah, I can imagine the parallels between Ben Troy dealing with Mike Mitchell and Ben dealing with guys like Ebron and Claypool. I just had I just had to get the, uh, the Mike you, Mitchell hate subtlety in there. Now you yeah. want to give a take. Okay, yeah. that's great. On the next episode of the Steelers Standard, 
The Steelers have spoken on Bud Dupree. He is hitting the open market. So we'll talk about Bud and we'll talk about replacing him on our next episode of Steelers Standard. For Jacob Recht and Kellen Gursky, I'm Tom Opperman. Thank you, as always, for listening to us on SNR. Or if you're catching us via podcast on Steelers.com, thank you for doing that as well. We'll talk to you next time.